You're listening to Geekly Podcast, Episode 7, Living in an America. everyone i'm kayla here with my co-host brad and today we are talking about the rise of anime in the west and we have a really special guest uh david the strange so david why don't you go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself and then we'll start talking about all the meaty stuff about anime rising in the west uh hello everyone thank you for inviting me into your discord to talk about anime um of course I love the decorations that you have up here. It's uh, very nice. I love this giant Goku poster. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kayla, uh, it's great to just have this chance to talk, to chat again. Um, I, by the way, I wanted to just, just before you know, I kind of dive into myself, I just want to mention that the timing for this recording couldn't have been more perfect. Um, and I know we were just talking about this, but Kayla, you know, Kayla, Kayla and I have been friends for, for years now. Um, mm-hmm. And back in the day, I used to have a podcast and... Uh, Anyways, so that interest kind of just came back all of a sudden. So this is, uh, this, is this works out for me because I didn't really want to connect to a co- uh, commit to a whole new project. So you know, just uh, being here to talk about anime uh, fulfills that uh, itch to to do it. Oh, to perfect! Do a, you know, look at us, um, Kayla, scratching people's itches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, my name is David. I've gone as David the Strange ever since I learned how to edit HTML codes uh, to make custom MySpace backgrounds, which that hopefully gives you an idea of how old I am. Um, <laughs> over the last few years, I've been super fortunate to have a career that allows me to do uh, work with Japanese companies, uh, more specifically uh, gaming brands for through social media, and so. That kind of allows me to say, you know, in some cases, anime really is my life, um, which is like the dream scenario or, or something some, for some people, I guess. Um, but it's fun to just, yeah, uh, be able to talk about anime and on a daily, uh, not just, you know, in this one moment. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess just to wrap up, uh, top three favorite animes, Yu Yu Hakusho, Naruto, Overlord. Um, shout out to anybody who has Yu Yu Hakusho on top of their list. Heck uh, yeah. Yeah. Spirit Gun, baby. Uh, <laughs> favorite anime genres, I'd say it's like Isekai and Slice of Life. Those are my, those are usually my, my go-to animes I like, I like to watch. And, um, I guess my favorite, my current favorite waifu is Yor from, uh, Yor is, oh my, my god, Yor is, whoo, I'm yeah. sipping hard over her right now. <laughs> Sorry oh. if I just killed anyone. <laughs> by the way, um, no, you're yeah. fine. I'm wrap this. Um, uh, I don't have much to say about myself. About you know, beyond like, hey, I can talk about anime all day long if I can. Um, so I figure I just throw out some you know, favorite animes and favorite genres and the current waifu. No, that's that's uh, good stuff. It's hard to keep these episodes short when you're talking with a bunch of anime nerds because. Uh, you do. You just want to keep going off about it. It's, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to talk about like you know their 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 best girl or best boy? Right. You're his best girl right now, and Kayla, you need to watch Spy Family so you can uh, join us. In- I finally, I finally downloaded Crunchyroll, so 
I did start part of the new Demon Slayer, and then, you know, my internet started being fun. So, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> Family is yeah. winning many awards this year because it is phenomenal. It just keeps delivering. Oh, I've only heard, I've only heard good things about it. Yeah, I was, you know what, I was, I was committed to just at first uh, waiting to binge watch it all at once and and, and listen to the, and listen to it dubbed. Um, but when I try to just watch, you know, one or two episodes, I realized that I, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I need to watch it like as this comes out daily. Oh, I um, have to, I have to watch it because the dub's only a week behind the sub, which I can tolerate. Um, because it's oh, I could not tolerated. No, after, after I found out. <laughs> I, um, but I'm like, I'm watching the dub every Sunday and I'm like, I look forward to it. And I'm just over here. Like the show is so good. I'm just like, I'm sitting there, I'm loving it. And then I'm just simping your for like 30 minutes a week. And I'm just like, uh, I, I believe in your supremacy. And I just, you know, you know what, you know what, there was a, there was, I don't know where I saw this, but there was a tweet that went out yesterday, uh, under just the anime trend. And it's, it, it was just basically a rundown and I'm, I'm sure you probably, you guys have probably seen it, uh, especially just on Twitter. But it, it ranks where it says like, oh, this is where, you know, this year or this season's waifu is ranked, right? Yep. And this and the most recent update, it said like, oh, it has your app number one. And somebody quote retweets it and said, this is the first time in modern anime time where it's a it's an actual woman that's number one. And no, they just, said it was a woman of like over the age of 18 or something. It wasn't like a yeah, kid. It was like an actual woman this time around. And we're like, oh, oh that's yeah. so funny. Because yours is yours yeah, 27. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, the 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 tweet just reminds. I mean, yeah. The I'm just reminded of that tweet. Um, yeah. That tweet was uh, hilarious too. I was yeah, like, your, man, yours definitely the the season the this season's waifu for sure. Oh yeah, she's. I uh, I posted a tweet last night. I have a I have a thing for anime women that can kick my ass, and yours is now at the top of that list. <laughs> so. It's uh yeah no you, you gotta you gotta watch Spy Family. It just delivers hit after hit. It's just wholesome it's fun uh I, yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm not waiting now to binge watch it all right i'll do it <laughs> all right well david we appreciate uh your introduction and uh letting us uh bring up our our waifus <laughs> yeah yeah i mean what's what's it what's a topic about anime without the first thing being you know talk about waifus i know simp hey anime simping is, is hardcore all right it's it's hard being a, a fictional a fictional simp kayla knows all about it I do. That's just like ninety percent of my Twitter brand. It is uh, ninety. Yeah, Kayla is the the queen of demon dick. So, <laughs> uh, my mom's not gonna like this episode. Now we brought it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is she like brought that up with you in real life? Though? Yeah. Um. We actually, I asked her how she's liking it, and she, I really like it. I wish you talked a little bit more. And I was like, Mom, I had. It's like another person and then my guest like I can't just talk the whole time and she's like I know I just really like hearing your voice well except for when you talk about demon dick why do you talk <laughs> about that so much and I was like mom come on it's funny and she's like just just don't let your grandma listen to it and I was like she knows who her granddaughter is <laughs> well I apologize head first to to Kayla's mom I'm sorry Kayla's mom that I brought up demon dick it's, it's just it's that actually into our next point, which is we are we are going to discuss. You know, Toonami um had a big part of bringing anime to to kids that grew up in the '90s, and um it lasted you know until 2007 when it was shut down temporarily until 2012 when Adult Swim brought it back, and so now you know 
all of us who watched um, anime, all that as adults were able to watch it, you know, on, on Adult Swim again. So Toonami continues to live, but it wasn't just them. It was also, and as much as everybody hates having to talk about it, we have to acknowledge that four kids um, also had an impact with bringing us Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and a really, really terrible dub of One Piece. Um, yeah, among other oh, things, yeah. but sorry, I've heard you know, I think that's. But without those, I don't think we see kids, people our age when we were kids. You know, those '90s, early 2000s kids really jumping into it, and those had an impact. So, I think the biggest thing is is how big of an impact did those two uh, companies have um, in launching anime and really sending it to what I would argue is the reason that it's so popular today it was it was i think the true foundation that said hey once toonami and four kids were established and everybody anime was really easily accessible on tv you know saturday mornings and toonami every after every day afternoon um after school you know is with that with that level of exposure i mean how much do you think that really was the that leap um that brought it in i think it helped a lot i think Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh. Oh, no, go ahead, Taylor. You, you, you need time for, for, for my mom. For, for my mom. Go ahead and jump in. No, a lot, yeah. I was just going to say, like, um, I definitely think, like, for kids, um, not that obviously Toonami had a huge impact, but um, uh, for kids, as much as, like, I mean, their dubs are notoriously bad. Um, it did help bring anime a lot to the kids that couldn't afford, you know, Cartoon Network or like cable TV. Um, it was for the kids that we only had like, um, like our cartoons came from like, a, what is it? Uh, whatever Sesame Street's on. Whatever, what, oh, yeah, it was like, it, yeah, it was it was well. It was the free channels, but Sesame Street is PBS, yeah. but it wasn't on PBS. PBS okay. it was... No, no, it wasn't. I was just saying, like, that was, yeah. Like, so um, no, but I'm talking, yeah, like, it's your basic free channels, was... yeah, where you got like yeah, your, was... your PBSs, your WB network. Yeah. Now the, so when they channel. brought on, yeah, so when they brought on like four kids with the anime on like Saturday, I mean, it was a game changer. Um, it allowed a lot of kids to break out of like the normal. Um, just like the, you know, your Arthur and your wholesome, it, I mean, not that anime can't be wholesome, but like your wholesome cartoons. And then the next thing you know, hey, Kirby was they've got, <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know, they've got, you know, um, uh, like that's where I saw my sister and I used to wake up at six o'clock every Saturday, which is crazy to think about because, you know, that's your sleep-in time. And we'd wake up every Saturday at 6 o'clock so we could watch Tokyo Mew Mew Power. Like, that's how impactful God, um, I think it was. No wonder I never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they showed it at 6 a.m. Because I think that anime is amazing. It's uh, heavily inspired by Sailor Moon. It's, you know, magical girls um, uh, themed and all that stuff. Uh, so... It was really weird to me that they kept it at six o'clock in the morning when Sailor Moon was also kind of at its peak right about that time too. Oh wow! Yeah, see, I didn't know much but, about that one because when I was when I was waking up on Saturday for WB, we were watching. Uh, oh, we had Kirby right back at you, and you had 
I think Pokemon was Yeah, and like Yu-Gi-Oh was usually yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh were usually airing. Yeah, I, remember fighting uh, food on? Kids were waking up. Anybody remember fighting food on's here? No. No one remembers fighting food on's? Oh man, that one that one was uh-uh. lit. It was like it was it was Food Wars before Food Wars was a thing. It was like fighting food on's was literally like they cooked up meals but they turned into like fighting monsters like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh. And but like, like age appropriate, right? Yes, actual age appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like nobody was uh, nobody was uh, getting off on making food and like their clothes falling off or, or anything. like orgasm was... sounds as they're eating. Yeah, none of that. It was just like <laughs> okay, well, they weren't okay. eating. So it's like they would cook the meals and the monsters, and the monsters would battle. And the main character had something like his his fighting food on was fried rice. And like they would talk like oh Pokemon. Oh my gosh! I've never so heard like, it. Fried rice. <laughs> that's that's how it'd be. It was it was. I don't know. It's really goofy when you try to describe it, but I remember really liking it. It's very <laughs> goofy. It's a very, it's a, that's yeah, a it was, story. I mean, I'm sure it, everybody uh, who wrote it was tripping on acid, but it was great. <laughs> uh, so you, you wanted to say something, Go, David? Yeah. Yeah. So just going back to that comment about mm-hmm. PBS. So you had, you, wait, you had access to PBS growing up. Uh, my options were, um you know either jerry oh jerry springer show or or you know whatever else was free on on television at oh, the time you, so that's crazy you, you didn't know, have pbs and four kids was a was a very welcome uh, yeah. thing uh, for me growing yeah, up four kids was it was it was um, good even as someone who had cable growing up like i enjoyed it, it was like week and four kids was the weekend yeah, and also like I think a lot of us really didn't know better, mm-hmm. right? Because you know we just thought it was cool cartoons, right? We didn't really know what kind of dubs we were. Oh, yeah, for... Um, but going back. To... Oh no, go ahead. I no. was just agreeing with you. Yeah, oh. but going back to the comment about just uh, tsunami and, and and four kids, I think there is also uh, it's worth mentioning another another I guess TV block, um, which was and I think this was specific only to the Midwest, so potentially just Illinois area. Um, but it was called Japanimation. Was, I've that was heard of it. Long. I didn't have it, but I, I've heard of it. It had, like, it had like an IRL host that would like kind of introduce what you were watching. Um, I think like Ghost in the Shell oh, might nice. have aired there potentially. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that, that happened in the early 90s, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, so I would say, you know, that, that also contributed to, you know, the, 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 the momentum of anime taking over our hearts and minds here in, uh, in the States. Um, but going back to like Toonami specifically, uh, I mean, Toonami was a platform that was the most, you know, the Toonami platform was the most effective way to provide anime to the American viewers. Like that's, that's, that's like, that's, that's a statement, like no, no other, no other mentions here. Like. It it uh like as as tsunami began leaving like the nineties right it already had Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and then a few short years they would have Yu Yu Hakusho, Mobile Suit Gundam, Gundam Wing, uh so you know the gems that they had to work with like there was no way that was going right. to fail right I mean we were getting we were getting ready some of the best stuff inter- as far as like as far as like uh Japanese animation comes from. As, as, yeah, as far as it comes from uh, to Japanese anime, um, 
<laughs> Japanese anime. That's like a dumb. Um, yeah, there's, yeah. I just overall, there was no way this was gonna not, this was not gonna work out. Like the attention that these shows commanded uh, was just insane because I think the quality of what we were getting here in the states and what we were just kind of uh, left to watch was just so it much was. different. It really was. We um, and, as someone uh, I told Kayla yeah. and we discussed this even on our first uh, uh, episode of anime for this month a couple weeks ago with Elijah is we it made you feel edgy. You know, I was just going to bring that up, how you had said that a couple episodes ago. Yeah. So, it, it did. It had that edgy feel that we didn't get um, from our regular, like, cartoons that we grew up yeah, on. Yeah, what we watched was more adult. Yeah, like, we were, you know, Johnny Bravo and stuff was, like, goofy and, like, watching, like, old runs of Scooby-Doo and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, those were, like, they were solving mysteries and stuff. Watching Dragon Ball Z, people were beating the crap out of each other. They bled a little bit. Um, you know, it was like they were violent and all this and they felt more mature and you're like, oh, this is so cool. Like, oh man, like you're just, you know, they had a lot of, uh, and they were just, and the animation was different too. Like everything looked, you know, the cool thing about anime, I remember is I always liked how like more realistic it looked. I like how, like, you know, I'd look back at some of the cartoons and I'd always be upset that they didn't look like anime, you know? Cause I was like, man, like mm -hmm. Dragon Ball Z, like the characters look like kind of more like normal people. You know, and they have these cool details and you go and watch something like, you know, Dexter's Lab or something. And, you know, it's just it's it's just a different thing. Not that Dexter's I'm not crapping on Dexter's Lab, but, you know, the art style is just completely different, you know. Yeah, American American animation in general. Oh, my God. I always, will always crap on it. I hate I it. Too. American animation is a joke. With the exception of Teen Titans. OG Teen Titans. Yeah. Is good. Yeah. The ones that were inspired by anime, um, like Avatar and stuff. I always thought they looked good, but um, like when you go onto Hulu and it'll be like the the American um, animation, or it'll say like adult animation or whatever, and they've all got that like Family Guy style to them. I hate it, like absolutely hate it. it it's the so Family Guy style is not nearly as bad as like the stuff you see like in in uh, Big Mouth or like Super Jail or or some of the yeah, like, stupid stuff what, like that. I, where, like, I can't stand so adult animation. Yeah, it's like today. all terrible. Like it's one of those where everything looks stupid. It was just like, I look at it and I'm like, how do you guys think that this is what adults think are funny? By the way, the adult, all the adults now are the ones that grew up watching anime. Make it fucking look like anime. <laughs> yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> the, only, the only show for me that nails like simplicity as far as an art style for animation would be South Park because that's yeah. a, that's a creative choice. South Park, is great, South Park, that. I believe, is South Park for a while. I think they said was technically stop motion. Yeah the the original the the original runs of the episodes, some of the I guess the pilot the pilot episode, and I'm guessing some of the, the earlier ones uh, were set up like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as you know, yep. some simple designs go because Family Guy is kind of in that realm, right? It's very doesn't have too many yeah, like family guy works for family guy it's but it's like the shows that they inspired afterward is what i think it's just like yeah, no i'm not i'm not a big fan of the art styles for stuff after like yeah the simpsons and family guy are designed similarly and it's not horrible i mean yes all the characters have like four fingers instead of five that always bothered <laughs> me but um it was like i don't like yeah i don't like where it goes where like bob's burgers a lot of people like but the animation and is like it's stupid just like rick and morty like i think they all look dumb oh, like i agree 
It's, but I do think Bob's Burgers is hilarious. And and I'm not criticizing the content. I'm just criticizing like the designs, you know. No, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. The character designs, like the shows, the content's fine. But I, I I have no problem with the content. I mean, it's entertaining. But I I've never been a big fan of just some of the goofy, stupid looking art styles that they've picked for Americans because they think that's like what's interesting. And I look at them, I'm like, I don't know. These just uh, it just makes me it further makes me appreciate anime more just like go with anime unless i'm like really attached to an american show because it's i've spent too many years of my life with it right you were gonna say something david yeah uh i think a good portion of like the design for most animations not just not just like the u.s ones probably also comes from like a demand for a lot Mm. of episodes right so if our if our if our demand for more content from these studios uh, isn't met, right, then they lose then they lose us as viewers. And so I'm guessing that not not to like try and make excuses for anybody here, but just kind of seeing it from their point of view, it could be you know uh, easier to go a more simplistic route just to get more episodes out in a timely manner. Um, which is you know a little bit of our fault because you know we demand more content, we demand more television. Um, Again, this is my my thoughts on just the design, the simplistic designs here in the in the states and just in general, because it also kind of plays into anime too. I think there's been a there's been a handful of times where people criticize studios for kind of going too soft or uh, not really uh, or skipping out on details. I know there was like a big controversy, I guess you can say, when uh, Dragon Ball Super was still in the air because people were very upset. They cheaped out on it. Animation style that that was going. Yeah, and so again, you know, that's. You know, it's a, it's a studio's choice, a studio's point to, you know, maybe go this route or it could be their decision to save time. For okay, so I have a question on that. Um, do you think that the way that Americans consume TV um, had affected the quality of anime they put out then? I would say it's it's kind of a passing by effect, right? Um, because everybody, now that we're just so much more connected than we were in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. even, um, everybody's, every company's buying, everybody, every company's out there is doing whatever they can to get your attention. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, putting an anime for you to watch or putting together like an ad for you to see and probably buy, um, everyone's trying to get your attention to be either, you know, sign up for the subscription platform, um, or join whatever, you know. Uh, thing they might be trying to sell you into. So I think, yeah, our demand for just having more of a show, more of uh, more variety or just more content in general has kind of put pressure on companies to just make sure that that gets delivered. Um, and so I guess, you know, things have to be cut potentially for, for those to happen. And maybe it's the animation style. Um, it does make sense. Uh, last yeah. episode, we talked a little, we talked about a um, studio Ghibli and, um, how they had tried their hand at like CGI and stuff and we touched a little briefly on like other animals that use it. Um, and I guess that makes sense too why a lot of them are starting to uh, switch into using more CGI than hand-drawn because you can get that out faster than if you're still hand-drawing 2D animation. 
And I didn't even know that some of these 2D stuff were even like not completely hand drawn. When Heather pointed out that Demon Slayer wasn't even hand drawn, I was like, "But it's 2D." I thought okay, everything that, 2D was. That hand-drawn. blew my mind that you didn't know that because like it, it, it looks so obvious sometimes, like especially with the way that like they make the water move and stuff. It's so CGI. Yeah, and I thought I, I didn't know if it was a mix. I didn't know none of it was done. Like I, I assume like because I know like Attack on Titan, it all it looks like that too. Like you see some CGI stuff but i assumed it was like just a mixture of both but maybe they're both all done that way and i was like wait can you make it look like that still i was like that's pretty impressive all right so yeah moving on to our next topic which um i think we've touched a little bit of bond but the uh with anime being imported to the west especially in the 90s uh, and the early 2000s with with the same tsunami and four kids we had a lot of issues with uh censorship and um americans kind of trying to westernize several of the anime is trying to put a little more of a Western twist and try to remove some of the Japanese um, references to it, I guess, to maybe try to make it more relatable to Americans on that. But I guess the real question is with some of that, like where do you draw the line with censorship and do you leave it all out and keep it as authentic as possible because it ruins the original image, which I feel like now anime is not doing that as much, but I know back then it was bad where you'd have, you couldn't call uh, Kayla. You mentioned you couldn't even call rice cakes rice cakes. You called them like they called them donuts or something like in Pokemon. Yeah, like in Pokemon, um, they 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 westernized the food a lot. Um, and there's like a giant. It became a meme for a while um, of Brock showing off, you know, his little sticky rice balls that he made, and he was like, "I love jelly donuts," and it was like made no sense. But uh, they would do that a lot in not just Pokemon, but in a lot of different animes um, that they brought to the West. They would uh, add more, like, like they would change names that were from their Japanese names to American names. Um, Sailor Moon, for example, was a big one. Um, they'd call her Serena and, like, um, Tuxedo Mask was Darian. And so that's what a lot of us grew up with. We had no idea that they had totally different names over in like Japan. No, we, we, we didn't. And then another big one, another cardinal sin that was committed for Sailor Moon was they made uh, Sailor Uranus and Neptune uh, cousins, even though they were clearly a couple and romantically involved, but because America was very anti, uh, anti-gay, anti well, a lot of the world, I think, was pretty anti-gay. Um, we had issues of where they tried to erase um, homosexual relationships um, to protect the children um, from people of the same sex being in love, which absolutely made no sense. Um, and another one was in Dragon Ball Z, um, they, uh, Hercule Satan, um, you know, was just called Mr. Satan in, in the regular one, but we couldn't say Satan. You couldn't have any references to like hell or the devil or anything like that because America was, I don't know, too Christian sensitive. So they made sure that they just said Hercule. So like, in Dragon Ball's uncut dub, um, when they are cheering for Hercule, they say "Satan rules, Satan rule." We could obviously, when we were kids, they weren't going to let that fly. The parents would freak out if they heard uh, anime characters chant "Satan rules," so they just changed it to his first name, Hercule. So everyone was "Hercule rules, Hercule rules." So, um, those are just a few examples. So, David, um, how, what's your opinion on, on censorship and, and the Westernization, and do you feel like it was overkill and should there even be censorship at this point in anime or should we leave it be? Uh, so there's two ways 
there was two ways I can answer this. So one way, and this is me speaking from experience of like having to get emails from Japanese clients and get them translated, things get lost in translation. Uh, and sometimes there, there, there are not even words uh, that can be properly translated from Japanese into English, and I'm guessing probably vice versa. Um, and so I think you know when these when these studios or distributors they get the licenses to you know just you know uh, put them on our airwaves, uh, Toonami for example, they they have to do their best to sometimes maybe translate, and then of course try to make it acceptable for the West. And so, to a degree, you know, these studios and uh, they'll they're they're gonna do what they can at the time. And uh, back then, I mean, I don't think anybody really understood what they were doing, and not not to like not to be mm -hmm. mean about it, right? Um, but I think a lot of people were trying to figure out, right? This was a, a very fresh industry in some ways, at least how is uh, starting to emerge in digital spaces. Because uh, I mean, obviously, back then, you know, VHS has existed, of course. Um, and so, so yeah, so you know, the studios will do these creative changes because that's what they felt, you know, was right and could be read and uh, understood by the audiences that they were just trying to get this shown to. Uh, and then the second way, the second answer to this is, you know, these are these are Japanese studios that are creating these, you know, like the Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball example with Satan, right? They're not, they're not uh, thinking about U.S. Uh, airwave policies, right? When they're creating the 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 shows, so uh, again, you know, the 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 distributors or the the production studios that get these IPs, they uh, they have to do their best to really, you know, um, make it fit a criteria that allows them to get on the airs and the airwaves. And so, yeah, in some ways, it does suck that you know we can't hear them say, "Yeah, go Satan," because of just you know that's how America was and is. Um, but yeah, at the time it's just, they're just, they're just trying to, they're just trying to get, uh, anime to us. So I'm just, I'm just thankful overall that, you know, we do get the experience to see, uh, the show and then, you know, later on, you know, we'll, we'll eventually have to watch it in its entirety. Uh, thankfully we have the internet for that. Uh, because yeah, you know, once Toonami went off air, uh, during that yeah, two thousand seven. They officially, uh, it area. just, it, it had failed. It wasn't even on weekdays yeah. anymore. I think yeah. it had switched to like Maguzi, and then Toonami was relegated to Saturday nights only, and then they finally called it. Maguzi was good. Maguzi was not. Uh, bad. I enjoyed Maguzi. Totally okay. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, so so, uh, yeah. And once once Toonami went off the air, I mean, we all pretty much hopped online and started pirating whatever we could and oh, trying to get those more sketchy anime. anime um, yeah, uh, fan. And subs and dub yeah. fights. <laughs> video part seventeen, Sailor Moon episode three. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so yeah, like, should should we should we have censorship? I mean, it's these are things that are just kind of out of out of our control that we have to change laws for in terms of just how this stuff gets distributed. I mean, beyond that. Um, in today's time, I would say it's a little bit more different because, you know, with the internet, I think laws aren't fully caught up to how things can be presented and shown. Uh, so, for example, I mean, I think, and this is this might be, this is just how I'm perceiving it. Uh, you really can't watch 
full uncensored episodes of certain scenes and you know on, on Crunchyroll, right? Because from my understanding, their service has to be through PlayStation oh. and PlayStation's own app services have you know, oh, was that was that something wrong? PlayStation, uh, PlayStation has a history of of using un censorship in their games and stuff. I think the biggest, most recent one was Devil May Cry Five. They censored out a girl's butt, but on the Xbox and Nintendo versions, you could see this girl's butt. That was an example. Yeah. So, so you know, if these services want to be on their platforms, then to an extent, they have to not show certain things or set or, or censor their own content. Um, but like I would say, a lot of, you know, some laws are still, are still catching up. Uh, I know when, um, when Goblin Slayer aired, there was a whole thing on Twitter about how shocking that first episode was and how there was just no kind of uh, warning about the scenes that were about to take place. Uh, and I think a couple of days later, there was a whole, there was a whole disclaimer on the episode itself before it even started airing uh because you know these things these things weren't ever marked on Crunchyroll, and i think even now no, they don't um they let you uh, they have a they have a filter does, so what they yeah. do is they'll say like allow um like mature content 17 plus or not yeah. like they have a switch yeah, on yeah. it and they'll eliminate because they still allow anime that has you know nudity and extreme language and, and really bad gore and stuff like that mm-hmm. they and I don't think they edit too much. I know there's some, but I've also heard there's a lot of stuff they are doing uncensored now, and they'll even announce stuff that's coming in completely uncensored, unedited um, from over there. So I think, luckily, we've it's gotten better with with the streaming services, and I think Sony hasn't been too bad um, on the anime front, because even Funimation got to do stuff, and Funimation was owned by Sony first, and Funimation was even doing uh, certain uh stuff uncensored and unedited and they'd advertise it and stuff like that that they were you know uh trying to limit that that type of stuff i think due to popular demand um of having anime in its Mm. most raw form um which is nice i mean on tv you can't do stuff now there's some stuff i'm okay being censored out um sort of auto online had a little bit of censorship for the alicization arc um there was a really bad attempt at rape scene that in japan like um it was i mean it was it was pretty it was pretty messed up i i won't lie it was it was bad this was also the same time that goblin slayer had aired too which i think kind of just added on to this kind of like oh you know why are we have why are we have so many like traumatic moments in anime like do we it, need to have these scenes um i mean that just i think a lot of that just kind of comes down to it what does. Do watch, I guess? I'm not pro censorship, I mean, but I didn't mind on cable think, TV uh, that they like toned down the attempt at rape scene on SAO. Like I, I had heard about it and I was curious at how bad it was, so I watched both to see like how bad was it to compare. And I'm like, I was like, I'm okay. I didn't feel like this was necessary to to play out any longer than they did. Yeah, I think. I mean, just yeah. Overall, I think it's just the opinion about like, yeah how do you, what do you want to watch uh i mean personally myself you know i don't i don't have much of a preference there uh, but i do think though that there are times where shows kind of uh insert these moments that are just not at all necessary um and and then and again trying, trying to think for like people who uh are just different anime watchers overall right because i think we all watch differently watch different things 
um, somebody that kind of goes into watching, uh, let's like let's say, uh, a Goblin Slayer, for example, right? Like you might like fantasy animes, but at that time, you know, when that first episode aired, I'm pretty sure a lot of people got triggered. Um, Again, just because of what, like, what we were suddenly being exposed to, and I think it was just like out of nowhere too. Because I know, I mean, obviously, if you watch, oh it, yeah, there's there's some bad stuff. Like I've watched Elfin Lied and all, yeah, right, shocking to me at the time. Yeah, that, like you know, you know, these yeah, scenes, and these I think zines exist. Um, but the most recent, to recent memory, like Goblin Slayer was one where I was just kind of like, oh, like we're going and, here. And Goblin like, Slayer was one of those two where I think I viewed it than SAOs because it was like Goblin Slayer was like I went into it because everyone's like Goblin Slayer is like the shock factor like I think that was the whole point like Goblin Slayer was going for like an I think intentional shock factor like we're gonna make something so ridiculous SAO is one of those where it's mostly about fantasy and stuff and everything was playing out really well and it felt so unnecessary to go and try to add a rape scene in the middle of like a different plot you know it I think and to your point, it went into does it does it add anything to the plot? Is there a real point in this? And I'm like, SEO literally, and I think the author even came out and apologized. He's like, Yeah, I've been treating Brendan really horrible in this series. He's like, I'm gonna tone that down now. He's like, obviously I'm not with the he's like, I need to get with the times. I was like, Yeah, I mean, like throwing in random rape scenes and into your so, show is Do you guys think that westernization helped shape anime in that sense of where it's less fan servicey and because like i've kind of noticed um like if you look at the older animes um aside from like a very select few we have um our female characters where they're more used as like uh trauma punching bags or um they're just there for a love interest they're not really fully developed characters aside from like maybe one or something and um you watch anime today and now it's like we have very well-written female characters. You guys were talking about, like, your earlier. Um, I know I haven't watched it, but I've seen a lot of stuff about her and stuff like that, um, or just other characters in general. Um, do you guys think that westernization has changed anime in that sense of where... Um, I, think it's, I think it's possible, actually. I, I wouldn't be surprised with the Western market being a huge market now for anime and Japanese studios. I think some of these authors and, and these producers probably kind of having to get with the times and knowing that like, Hey, we can't just treat these animes as, uh, you know, big titty bimbos, you know, that are there just to, yeah, be a main character's love interest. You know, I think the idea of creating deeper, um, female characters and allowing that and, and toning down some of the sexualization, I do think that the Westernization helped with that because I think it helps with the audience and, you know, a lot of, a lot of women in the U.S. love anime, and you know, feminism is is very important here, and which is a good thing. Um, and you know, fighting for women's rights and, and representation, I think, where you have more strong female leads, especially to appeal to to a, a female audience that you know wants to see more of that. And he, there's even males that like to see it. I'm someone that like I like badass female characters. Like I get sick and tired of the same old shtick, where you know it's just just the same old typical male protag you know, going on kicking ass, it's it's like, I do like to see a badass female out there and stuff like that. And I usually find some of the female characters more interesting than some of the males. You know, you get a really cool perspective. When I watched Sailor Moon Crystal for the first time this year, I found myself invested more in Usagi than I did some of the other male protagonists that I enjoyed who kind of followed some of the same shtick of just being dumb and hungry. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is, she is dumb and hungry, but... <laughs> she is, but... 
Usagi and her cast. Oh no, she has. She's a very. Her and her friends are very complex. Like, yeah, yeah. she. You can generalize her as dumb and hungry, but she's so much deeper yeah, than that. Yeah, she has other sure. complex emotions, and she shows them. But she can also. She shows, you know, her her sense of courage and sense of justice and stuff. But I'm like, look, I love, look, I love Goku and and you know Natsu and all that stuff. But I'm like, they are just. They're border. They're just dumb. Like the reality is their personalities are really dumb. The only time they're smart is when they're fighting. And on top of that, their entire personality outside of a battle is literally the, just them like scarfing down a meal or doing really stupid things. And I'm like, it does, it does feel like there was that point where uh, a lot of Shonen, especially um, they were just like rewrites of one another. Well, yeah. Like the, yeah personality wise i mean even asta and black i love black clover but asta's just a loud dumb meathead i mean that's the reality yeah he's got a strong sense of justice like a lot of the pro tags do but i look at this and i say i need i like variety and some of these women provide variety it's i want you know and what's really refreshing about spy family is is yora's a fantastic she's this complex badass um female like who you're interested um in investing in you know she's not um you know she's playing a a fake wife to the spy but they both have their interests but she's not like just playing off as his love interest they both have different missions and they're both deep complex characters and they've already delved into some of their backstory just a little bit and it's neat to see like i love it it's like you know yeah the protagonist is a male but she's also like a main character too like she she's critical to it she's not just a side mm-hmm. she's not like a bulma or a chi chi or a you know some of the other side female characters you know she's she's complex and um and she's not sexualized which is great like it, it's beautiful you know like i love urza scarlet from fairy tale don't get me wrong she's a badass female but you know they sexualize urza a lot um yeah some of the other episodes and it sucks because she's such a badass i mean the one way that I mean, one way they represent Urza, though, is they try to represent her as very comfortable with her sexuality, so I think that's how they try to write it. But it's not as bad as some of the other ones. But I think, you know, it's... it's no, nice. a lot of... Yeah, I feel like they're doing that a lot more, too. Um, where Which is totally fine, because there are a lot of women that are like that, where they're very comfortable with their bodies and stuff like that. Um and they put that in the animes. I don't know if they're using it as an excuse to draw them the way that they do or not, but it is refreshing to see compared to like it what is. we used so to like, see. I can forgive someone. I can forgive, you know, some of the sexualization of hers and stuff because she's she's a badass, you know, and she actually had a really deep backstory that had a whole arc about her past and stuff and it's really really deep. So it's it's different. She was she was actually a well-developed character um on fairy tale so stuff like that i can i can take exception to lucy was lucy was your typical like anime bimbo (laughs) so so um moving on with that like it kind of ties in with um how old mainstream anime how it shaped uh what we see today and how it's a lot less taboo compared to what we used to watch um David, why don't you go ahead and just give us some thoughts on what you think about how a old mainstream mainstream anime has shapes had shaped uh, what we see today. So when it comes to the old old school anime, right? We're talking like before the nineties. Uh, 
there was a lot there was a time no, we're, we're, i think a lot of the kids consider the uh, early 2000s old school anime too now yeah i think, <laughs> but, I think most of the time i think most of the listeners but, uh, yeah. Were, yeah no like i think most of them are going to consider like yeah the 90s early 2000s they're is, uh, most of our is, listeners is, are still a reality <laughs> to consider that early 2000s are now considered old school so i try to refrain from uh mentioning in that way as i try to cope through adulthood um so for understanding my my pain at this time um i'm kidding i'm kidding uh but no there's there, uh, there's a there's a point though I mean, old school anime you know during the 80s definitely went through a period where uh or 70 80s went through a period where there was a lot of experimentation going on right and so variety of different animes coming out this is specifically like in japan right and so you would start to see characters uh studios doing uh projects that had characters that were just very different right so think of ghost in the shell right um you know that that kicked off it's had that kicked off its own kind of uh genre or not genre but uh kind of a cult following uh yeah so when it comes to, you know, the, I guess, uh, progression of anime later on, you know, I think you would look at moments like Ghost in the Shell, a, a, a lot of the Studio Ghibli leads are women. Um, and so you know, they, they themselves could have been in some way um, templates or not templates, but um, kind of uh, a way to develop unique characters because you know these were kind of characters that were catching people's attentions than other studios that would you know later make other shows would were, were probably kind of using them as, as references right like what do audiences really connect to like what do they like um i mean studio ghibli got got picked up by disney for distributions and i mean that's that's like that's pretty fucking successful right um right i would say like in some ways that old school anime helped create in some ways you know again it's all about momentum create newer newer kind of characters in some way or another um but talking about you know 2000s anime right and how it's kind of uh and, and where it's and where it is now i think today's appreciation for anime is here because of that older generation right you know those before the 2000s type uh, those the the ones that really try to lay down the foundations again you know go, going back to that mention of the uh sci-fi conventions out in baltimore um people who were trying to uh who, who were probably running J japan uh, animation that tv block um the early early versions of toonami uh you know, they they were really trying to set they were really trying to set these foundations for us to really enjoy anime and have it become what it is now um they did yeah yeah and so and 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 besides that um you know anime is anime is where it is now i'd say because the the kids who grew up watching the tsunami block right they some of them became popular athletes some of them became songwriters and some of them became actors or other public figures who just happened to incorporate that love for anime into their into their adult lives right i mean that's why you have football players launching Kamehamehas or Rasengans at, you know, at, at touchdown zones. Um, you know, they, the ones who watched uh, our cartoon block 
are now expressing anime in a way where, you know, in an area where we were not connected before, right? I mean, social media has completely revolutionized in the last couple of years and continues to. And so the reach and impact is even much stronger now for anime and seeing people just really be more uh, embracing it and just kind of calling out pop culture references. Uh, I think it just, you know, again, the momentum, right? It just builds up year, decade over decade. And it just happens to be at the point now that, you know, this is, this is the moment where it just gets monstrosities. Like it just, it just grows, has grown out of control. Um, I mean, anime. It has. And it's, it it's really good has. And great, it's, but know? it's beautiful though. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, but again, you know, you, you, you have to take the, you have to take cons and pros, right? Uh, yep. You know, more, more, more anime means we probably might get exhausted of seeing the same kind of trope used over and over again. Um, more anime probably means that, you know, the styles probably aren't as detailed as what we were used to growing up uh, because studios just change their, their style over time. Um, but at the end of, at the end of the day, we, we get anime. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing because, you know, otherwise we'd be left with uh family guy and uh, other things and that's not pleasant to <laughs> sorry no i i think you summed it up perfectly too um i i think it's great and to your point i think that's that really is what helped is those athletes you know grew up watching anime or playing now so they're giving it a platform a lot of the a lot of the kids who watched anime in the 90s and 2000s are now be have been parents or are becoming parents and raising their kids on anime so then all the kids are kind of coming in and doing it it's kind of made anime cool yeah like if you, if you um, had a big brother or, or like older sibling of some kind who uh you know were, was watching anime you know you probably picked it up from them and then you know you're so, I mean either your kids or you know your younger your younger siblings are probably picking up anime from, from you and you, know, you can see it just grow that that's that's the momentum year over year. It's just it keep growing. The interest is going to be there. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah. I've been watching anime with Samara since uh, you know she could basically watch TV, and um, it's one of my favorite things to do with her. I really love that we can not only can I show her the old stuff I grew up on, like Sailor Moon and uh, like Death Note and all that stuff. But then we get to experience new anime together, like Demon Slayer and Haiku. And so, like, it's just, it's really, um, it's really special being able to do that as opposed to just, like, only having what we had uh, growing up. Because it, like you said, it's just domino affecting. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, one day, if she has kids or whatever, she'll be able to share that with them as well like i just i really like that it's become more mainstream and easier to access than like what we had growing up oh 100 percent. and you know my daughter is dope oh, no, it's it's just real quick like it's just that technology right the the technology just mm-hmm. advanced just as fast you know over the couple over the couple over the sorry technology is fast has advanced really fast over the last couple of years and uh i mean if you think about it back when it was those tsunami days back when we were kids we were growing up you know, it was it was like that. That was the thing that really united us in during that after school, during those after school hours, right? Because um, it's the only thing like all of us would ever want to watch. Uh, but nowadays, you know, we don't have to wait until the the three p.m. or two p.m. starting times, right? We can just watch it whenever we want, um, and we can all watch it together Saturday mornings if we're watching Spy Family. Uh, That's we're true. Just, we're just connected like that nowadays. 
It's it's true. Everybody can hop up on a, on a video call or a Discord thing mm-hmm. and uh, you know watch it at the same time if they wanted to. Or friends can get together and watch it um, in real life if they want to. And you know the other thing I was gonna say is too is when Caleb's talking about family is you know I got a two year old daughter now. One I can't wait to do is start watching anime with her when she when she's old enough. You know, I'll start introducing her to you know some Studio Ghibli films to start off with as part of her movie watching, and then eventually I'll I'll start her off on Sailor Moon and and uh you know a few others and we'll keep going and you know turn it into a tradition like Kayla's done with Samara you know it's it's great um and I'm just really uh I'm you know I'm really excited for that and it's just it's awesome too that it's less um like you can openly talk about loving anime you can go around wearing your anime t-shirts um you can suggest anime music and you're not you know looked at as a weirdo anymore uh someone sees you know you're wearing a Yu Yu Hakusho or uh Dragon Ball Z on your t-shirt or whatever and they're like oh and you can make new friends that way too as opposed to like you know when we kind of had to hide it unless you wanted to be known as like the weird kid that's doing like Kamehameha moves in the middle of a crowd or something and getting laughed at like I mean now they've got like TikTok where I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the crazy um, cosplays and, like, the voiceovers that people do, the makeup that they do that are inspired by anime. Um, It's absolutely amazing the creativity that anime has inspired in these kids today, too. It's so true, and it's just, it's really nice to see how it's just, it's so embraced. I mean, heck, I even remember, I wore Goku, I wore Goku um on a, on a zoom call for work uh before people return to the office we we had this big it was a big company meeting so it wasn't that important I was getting until a vp said i needed to take it off but um because i was wearing a robe not because it was dragon ball Z. really that first like, i was watching pbs and never watched four kids <laughs> yeah right oh, pbs so it was i don't know it, it's just nice to see it but yeah that you can you go around and do it i mean the office, not as much. I mean, a lot of people that I work with are a lot older than me, and they don't anime still. But like, I mean, I can go around and like, I have friends that watch it now. People, you know, within my age range, can, we can all have conversations about it, and we're excited about it, and it's nice. And uh, you know, Samantha, my wife, tells me that a lot of these kids in school are showing up with anime shirts, or they're talking about anime with her, and she's like, she doesn't watch anime, she doesn't get it, so she goes home and's like, so and so brought up the specific anime, and I'm like, yeah, this is what it is. So uh, I think. She said One Piece is actually quite popular in the school she works in. Very good. One Piece is a, it's a great, it's a, it's a great, uh, great anime to watch. It's a little bit too much for me nowadays. I think a thousand episodes. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> if, I was, a, if I was like uh, 15 no years younger, maybe I could do it. Anymore. But <laughs> I just barely made it through um, the whole Naruto uh, run up in, uh, up if, up until we got uh, Boruto. Uh, so I don't know if I can do gosh. a thousand episodes of One Piece, honestly. Um. But but to go back real quick, uh, I mean it just when it when it uh, you know, it's a great thing that when you when your younger siblings or you know your your own kids are talking to you about anime because you just you know you, you know it's still it's 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 gonna keep going right and that's that's uh and that's really fun because it's just it's a it's a lot of great stuff out there and a lot of things that you know you and you know your family can enjoy together. Um, my my cousin he just turned eighteen. 
he uh, and he uh, he responded to one of my Instagram stories. He's like, "Oh yeah, I have something something about Jalter." Uh, and if you're if you're a fan of Fate Grand Order, then you probably know who that character is. But I was I was very excited to find out that Jalter was his was in his vocabulary, um, because I I love Fate Grand Order, uh, and so I'm very much looking forward to the day when I can uh, see him again and uh, talk about Fate <laughs> IRL. All right. Well, um, I think yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, we're about out of time. Day, so i know um, we could keep we can keep going but we gotta cut it short well yeah sadly we have we have time long to do long, with, but yeah we um yeah this was fun i mean yeah we we wish we could talk about this for three hours and, and go on for it, but yeah, like, um, let's, we, let's have a, we have a strict decade. cutoff line so let's start bringing it up um, talk about everything that's been in anime i'm down let's do it <laughs> Yeah, no, there'll be we're have, we'll have more anime episodes. Um, obviously for David, for you, we have the Geek Spot too as well. Um, that we'll do for you, which is more chance to either talk about anime or anything you want to do. Um, we'll be that, and um, there'll be plenty of other uh great anime topics that we could have you on for the future as well. So um, we're really excited for it, and we'd like to really just thank you for uh, joining us today and then being a part of the podcast with us. So um we hope you had fun it was uh it was yeah this was a lot of fun i look forward to the next day i am summoned here to uh further discuss anime yes if you'd like to uh connect with david more maybe talk anime with him or um check out his content or anything you can find him um on twitter with his handle at david the strange uh that's uh at d-a-v-i-d t-h-e-s T R A N N G E. All right. Well, we just like to thank everybody who tuned in today, and uh, we will see you next time for our second Geek Spot. And we have a couple of, I think, really good guests that we're going to do, and we're not going to reveal them on this episode because it's a surprise. But we will announce it on Twitter soon, and I think everybody's really going to love who we have on. I think it's, I think it's going to be a really good Geek Spot. All right. And until next time. Goodbye. Bye. I don't know if you guys have sign offs. No. Uh, yeah, nah, we, we're bad at it. We just I say just, bye. Use it. Yeah, we kind of say bye or hell, I can be cut off, but I always conclude it. The closest thing I do is next time. It's, it, I don't know, maybe Cue one the day. Outro. We'll that's it. That's the, that's the sign off. Cue the outro. Follow the Geekly Podcast on Twitter at geekly underscore podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast app such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Amazon Music.